Hey, Rob. Happy May. <laughs> happy May. Is it May already? <laughs> it's, it is May already. In fact, it's close to being the end of May. Yeah, yeah. Hate <laughs> hey to, hey to, hey to break it to you. Last couple months have been in kind of a daze. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I I hear you. So uh, we are getting an episode out this month. It is not the episode that we had planned, um, <clears throat> but that one is coming. We've got a um, probably two episodes worth of catch up for albums released before 1980 that we missed the first time around. Mm -hmm. And at the end of this episode, we will kind of reveal which bands um, we'll be covering in that. But this is a um, keeping our promise episode. Yeah. But even though it's a bonus track episode, a lot of music. We've got a lot of music to to talk about and to cover tonight. I think probably the most amount of songs that we've ever featured in a bonus track episode. So I'm feeling pretty good about this. Yeah. I feel like this episode is is kind of legit. So how how are you, my friend? I haven't talked to you in about a month. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm doing great. I've been super busy uh, with work and outside of work. Um, but I, I wanted to say something about the playlist that we have coming up, and that is that upon listening to this playlist, it feels pretty fresh again. You know, it's like, wow, mm. I'm, I'm kind of getting back into it. I'm so glad. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really I really enjoyed the set that we're going to be talking about. So, Yeah. Well, we are going to be talking about a combination of different albums, so uh, we are going to listen to some music that was released in 1979. Uh, Most of these are songs that were suggested to us by listeners that we couldn't fit into the favorite songs of 79 episode, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, sprinkled in among those, we're going to talk about some more um, recent releases from old favorites because those, uh, you know, a lot of these bands, they're still chugging along yeah, and for sure. making some surprisingly good music. I am happy to say. <laughs> I will agree with you there. Yeah. 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 Let's start it off with the song by the jam. So, um, want somebody suggested that we, um, would be making a mistake if we overlooked a um, a single that was released in 1979 by The Jam. Uh, this was a song called Strange Town, which is pretty darn good. We'll listen to it in a second. And the B-side is equally as good, a song, song called Butterfly Fly Collectors. I had never heard um, Strange Town. It was released as a single, but I don't think it was really included on uh, like best of compilations. Uh, were you familiar with the song? No, not at all. And when I said that, that it, it was all kind of fresh again, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. familiar with the jam and yeah. I love the jam. And this was playing and I'm like, what the hell is this? This is cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was totally new to me. And yeah. and. I literally was jamming out in the car uh, <laughs> just hours ago. <laughs> so, but still sounding like 
It's the jam. Very, very jam-esque. Yeah. I mean, it's, this is the jam doing their jammy, jammy thing, right? Yeah, no, it's totally the jam. But the thing is, I, I think my surprise was that I hadn't heard it before, you know? And mm-hmm. and I really felt like I've heard it all. Sometimes I feel like I've heard it all. I know that I haven't, but I don't know. It, it just caught me by surprise. And I and I, I really did enjoy it. Yeah, I really, I really love this. And it, they're, musically, it's just a blast. You know, there's so much going on with the instrumentation. Of course, the vocals are tops. Um, it's just, it's just really cool. And, uh, and yeah, it sounds like the jam doing their, doing their thing. Um, but, you know, I just clicked on this song to hear a little bit of it again. And, and it's already stuck in my head. So, yeah. Yeah, good choices. Yeah, I mean, it it in some ways it it almost sounds like a parody of a jam song because it's <laughs> so jammy. It's so jammy. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good point. <laughs> but damn fun! I loved it. Yeah. Hey, so uh, Depeche Mode—they're having themselves a moment, you know. I I had no idea, but I love Depeche Mode. Um, so do tell. Yeah, so y- you know how uh, last year, twenty twenty two, was kind of—I was going to say the year of the Bush, but I should probably rephrase <laughs> that—the year of Kate Bush. That was right? the year everybody Where... was running up that hill, right? <laughs> uh, so, so Kate Bush owned 2022 i think i think it got to the point where like at this point if you even say the year 2022 you have to pay her a royalty yeah Um, yeah i bet it was a little embarrassing to her (laughs) yeah well depeche mode is kind of kind of lining up to to have a a similar moment uh here in 2023 all thanks to the TV show The Last of Us. Are, are you familiar with the show? Uh, I don't generally watch television. I know that's crazy to mm. say, but mm-hmm. um, I know what The Last of Us is. Is mm-hmm. this this based on a video game? If I remember correctly, that's right—a zombie mm-hmm. apocalypse yeah, 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 yeah. types type it's, game. Um, sounds like my kind of show, to be honest. Yeah, it's uh, HBO, and I, mm-hmm. I don't have HBO, so I will watch it at some point i hear it's quite good but um they sort of a pivotal i think it was the last episode of the season of season one uh featured quite prominently the song never let me down again Uh and um has 
really gotten them uh, a lot of attention and they're kind of in the zeitgeist and kind of going up the charts again. Oh, cool. As well as uh, the movie Cocaine Bear. Have you heard of the movie yeah. Cocaine uh, Bear? Yeah, everybody I know has seen that movie except for myself. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> uh, apparently the song Just Can't Get Enough was prominently featured in that. Oh. So... Um, so Depeche Mode having themselves a good year this year coincided with the fact that they just released a new album. Perfect. This album, it's called Memento Mori. That's M-O-R-I. Mm-hmm. And it is quite good. I was really surprised uh, at how good it is. It it sounds... It doesn't... I, I think a lot of my least favorite Depeche Mode stuff is the stuff where they, they're they kind of more guitars and they're kind of a little bit more like the stuff that they were doing in the 90s didn't mm-hmm. resonate with me that much. But this sounds, this sounds, while it doesn't sound too dated as far as like wanting to be the 80s um it's 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 got more of a feel it i think it most the depeche mode album that it reminds me the most of is black celebration Mm -hmm. which in my estimation is is a good comparison that's a that's a you know it's a good dark uh synthy album uh as is uh this new release and I, I haven't really looked it up, and so I'm not sure if this was recorded post Andy Fletcher's passing away, or if he actually is featured on some of these tracks. I guess, guess I should know that, but I wouldn't call it quite as sharp and barbed as Black Generation, but it's got this like cool vibe to it, um, and. Kind of most importantly, they really sound invested in in the music that they're doing, which is usually kind of the downfall of a lot of bands that have been around for 40 years that oh, are still yeah. cranking out music. So I I highly recommend this. Um even if you're if you're somebody who really liked Depeche Mode in the 80s but kind of checked out after that which kind of what I did for the most part uh, I think this is worth um, checking it out uh, I will note that there is one song on this album called Soul With Me which might could quite possibly be the worst Depeche Mode song ever <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's always got to be a clunker uh, in there, but the rest of it is really quite good. There's 12 songs. has probably too many songs. It doesn't quite hold up, uh, but I really liked it, and so we definitely need to listen to a song off of this. Uh, let's listen to a song called Caroline's Monkey. Caroline feels the ice in her veins The minutes and hours, the naming of days Caroline said her dream never ends But Caroline 
Bob's monkey and Caroline's friends. Fading's better than failing. Falling's better than feeling. Folding's better than losing. Fixing's better than healing. Unlike you, I really enjoyed the Depeche Mode from the 90s. Now, like you, mm. I wasn't really listening to them then. I didn't I didn't get back into the 90s Depeche Mode until years later when I was doing Music World Radio. Um, and I got requests to play some of that older stuff. So I did play some of the 90s stuff, and I liked it. Um, but this right here, to me, sounds like you said almost. It, it sounds... But it sounds kind of like it's still a bit of a combination of the 90s stuff. Yeah, oh, and then, oh yeah, so, def, definitely. But it's, it is cool. It is so good. And, and yeah, it's, it's kind of crawling into darkness, but it's not, it's not, you know, dismal. I, I really like this. When, when I heard this a little bit ago uh, in my car, I, I kind of, kind of like was taken aback. I, I, you know, mm. I was hoping it was new stuff because I can't imagine n- mm. me not have, have heard, you know, not have <laughs> hearing any old Depeche Mode. I'm like, what? Um, but, but I like this a lot. I'm definitely going to check out this album. How, how familiar are you with um, the album Black Celebration? Oh, that's one of my, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, w- I was going to say that really feels like a, yeah. Down right down to the title of the album. That sounds like a Rob yeah. album it's, to me. You know, it's it it kind of it's the kind of album that gets into you, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it just crawls into your soul. I, I love it. Um I feel in some ways, I don't know, this sounds a little weird, but I in some ways I feel it's dark and dismal in the way that I like. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> so but yeah, no, it's one of my favorite albums. Yeah, and to to reiterate, um, this album doesn't have anything that is quite as sharp and barbed, yeah, uh, not, as not so what was on Black Celebration, which I think really gave it its power. But still, still yeah. definitely, uh, just Depeche Mode has no at this point has no right putting a, out an album this good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, come on, Joseph. They're not playing the fair circuits right now. They're they're actually on tour. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, damn fine, damn fine track. I'm looking forward to the album. Um, hey, I, I'd like to give a little shout out if I could. Um, of course. So, so you know, I work in this bookshop in Mendocino, California, and I had a couple of visits. Oh my god. Uh, I may have given this gentleman a shout out before, and I feel embarrassed that that his name has slipped off the tip of my tongue. But he uh, has a music career of his own, and he goes by Redwood Sky. 
Um, his his music is pretty killer, but he stops in from time to time to say hi, and he he listens to our podcast. Well, a couple days after he came in, this was a couple weeks ago, a couple came in, and I believe they said they were from Colorado. Um, the guy's name is Cameron, and his wife's name is Katie, and they came to Mendocino, California, and they said that there were three things that they wanted to see. They wanted to see the ocean. They wanted to see the Redwoods and they wanted to see the podcast guy, which apparently was me. <laughs> so that's cool. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So so I said, so you guys listen to the podcast? And he said, well, yeah, we, we love your podcast. We've listened to every episode and um, and we were going to California to the coast and we thought, let's make Mendocino one of our stops and we'll see if Rob is there. And, nice. and of course there I was. And so they're a big fan of our stuff, which I thought was really cool. So they're listening to this. I just want to say, Hey, to Cameron and Katie. And, uh, they, by the way, have not participated in our year end extravaganzas, but they have promised to do so this next time. So <laughs> see, this is how we're going to build those year end lists is we're just going to shame everybody <laughs> yeah. that we come in contact with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. So, uh, so when it comes up to the end of the year, I'm going to, I'm going to say in the podcast now, Cameron and Katie, I know you guys are listening, get your lists in. <laughs> It's kind of cool. I took them back and showed them the section of the bookstore where we, we keep our books on music. And so they mm -hmm. picked up a couple cool books on punk rock and, and they picked up a copy of uh, Michael Greco's book, the, the, oh, nice. the photo, photo book. Yeah. That it, yeah. and so, uh, so anyway, it was, it was just a really cool visit and we ended up chatting about music for quite a while and then I realized I was still on the clock and they, then I had to go, but, <laughs> but it was kind of fun. It was kind of nice that they did that. So, but the one thing they did say was that, uh, Cameron, he slid towards your tastes more. Ah. Katie, Katie slid more towards my tastes. Um, uh -huh. big kiss fan. She is, huh? Oh, absolutely. Well, she does love Prince. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> um, so she's got style at least. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I had to bring them up. So. Cool, cool. Well, I'm glad to glad to hear that you made some new friends, Rob. I think we've made some new friends, even though they can't uh, come visit okay. you. <laughs> okay, I I get to live socially vicariously through you. Uh huh. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> Got it. I am not done talking about the new Iggy Pop album. Nice. Have you had a chance to check this out? You, I, I, I'm I guessing not. you still haven't. No, and I'm what sad. What is going on? You are the Iggy Pop fanatic. I am I not, am. and yet I, I keep bringing this this sucker up, well, and you can't even be bothered <laughs> to go check it out. What's going on, Rob? I'm gonna buy it tonight. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just been so busy. But I'll tell you that this track. This the summer playlist today is just so cool. I I yeah. I know I'm gonna love this album. Since we originally spoke about this album, this is the new Iggy Pop album called Every Loser. I have had a chance to live with it more, and I still mm -hmm. stand by um, the assertion that this is one of my, if not my favorite, Iggy Pop album. You know, I think 
I feel more comfortable saying it's in my top three. I feel totally comfortable with saying sure. that. Um, just loving it. It's a, There's a lot of different styles. I mean, there are some songs where he's like almost sounding like Johnny Cash, yeah. which is wild. Um, like the more mellow moments. It it really does sound like a compilation from um, different albums over different periods of his career. A lot of Iggy Pop's appeal towards the beginning of his career was just his, like, how unhinged he could be. And that serves, like, super high energy. Nothing like that on this album. Um, but still, just a, a really, really good good album once again somebody who's been well Iggy Pop with the Stooges they were putting out music in the 60s so 50 years 50 close to yeah. 60 years 60 years um, yes well actually more than 60 yeah. years yeah talk about having no right putting out an album this great <laughs> um, after all that time he should be considering like the rough life that he has lived <laughs> yeah well I, I i don't i don't know how he does it but it is really good i have a friend that saw him in concert not too long ago and apparently he's just as badass as he ever has been so uh that's pretty cool and and yeah and this album is uh, from what i've heard of it mm. it's more it's more refined but it's damn good so yeah yeah so Obviously, gonna hear another track off of this. Uh, just excellent, excellent album by Iggy Pop. This is uh, a song called Frenzy. Got a ticket to walls, that's more than you all. My mind will be sick if I suffer the bricks. So shut up and love me, cause fun is my buddy. All the shocks in the sea are waiting on me. I'm in a frenzy, you fucking prick. I'm in a Like I was saying, Iggy Pop stuff these days is, is uh, I think it's more refined, and that might be with you know he's getting he's getting better with age. I don't know. It I have always loved Iggy Pop, and part of what I love about I Iggy Pop is is his energy and his roughness and how raw he can be. Um, and even though this is a pretty refined album, I think that that energy and that that roughness is still. I think it's still there. I think he still got it. Yeah, when you use the word refined, you're you're speaking within the context of Iggy Pop. I am talking about <laughs> Iggy Pop, right? <laughs> as refined as he could be. <laughs> no, he's still he still got it. I'm stoked. I, I really want to hear this album. I'm yeah. I'm I really am gonna buy it tonight. Yeah, yeah. So you are a 
big Iggy Pop fan. You know who yeah. else is a, a big Iggy Pop fan, I would guess? Uh, who's that? A band called Those Naughty Lumps. Have you ever heard of Those Naughty Lumps? Well, I've seen a few Naughty Lumps, but I've never <laughs> heard of the band, no. <laughs> okay, well, this is actually another suggestion from one of our listeners. Uh, this is a song called Iggy Pop's Jacket that was released as a single in 1979. So it just like fits in here perfectly. Never heard of this band. Certainly never heard this song, but it's pretty cool. Let's uh, let's take a listen. This is really cool. Um, it's I like the I kind of like the surf punk sound in the guitar at first, you know, in, in that intro. But it's it's a cool punk band. Now you, this was recommended to us by a listener. And yeah, as a as a uh, sort of a hidden gem from 1979, released as a single, um, definitely got that sort of like garage band yeah. feel to it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Yeah. Uh, Super fun. Yeah. Hey, I just want to mention something. Something that's been like bugging me is I have, as I mentioned before, I have been, I typically do this in between seasons where I go back and I just listen to old episodes to kind of just reset my my brain and get prepared for the next season and like make notes of all the things that we did wrong to make sure I don't do them again. <laughs> Something that was bug that's bugging me. I just have this real bad problem with I don't know if you've noticed this Rob, but when I talk about the talking heads, I really conflate the album Speaking in tongues with the album Stop Making Sense because they basically came out about the same time. Uh -huh. And it's just it's just bugging me. Typically when I mean to say speaking in tongues, I will say stop making sense. So uh, just, okay. I, I I there's nothing we can do about it, but in the past, if you hear me referring to stop making sense, I'm probably actually mean speaking in tongues. Well, I'm go I'm going to listen for it now. At least you're not saying stop making tongues or, um, you know, speaking in sense, um, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. No. Okay. Well, we'll keep we'll keep our ears peeled. So you had another um, encounter in the the bookshop. Oh, uh, recently. Tell me, let's tell yeah. everybody about that. 
Well, so this, the whole encounter was really cool. So I brought in an author um, to the bookstore who was best friends with James Dean back in the day. Mm. And, and, you know, it felt like it was just going to be an average, just an average book signing. And I have those all the time. And, uh, you know, but this guy was best friends, James Dean. So he, he comes in and well, let me start out the morning when I get to work, I see a guy holding open a book with pictures in it, looking at the buildings, looking at the bookshop, looking at the ocean. And I get out and I say, Hey, are you trying to find the locations? And and I know he's looking at this book about James Dean trying to find these spots. And so I figure he's a fan of the author or a fan of James Dean, and he's going to get his book signed. And he's, he started talking to me about, yeah, there's this over here and there's this here, but I can't find this situation here. And then a, a guy just wandering by says, hey, are you Kip Brown? And he says, yeah. And he goes, Kip Brown from the band Shock? And he says, yeah. And he's like, oh, I saw you at Whiskey A Go-Go. And, and I saw you in Fairmount. And, you know, Fairmount, I believe, is, uh, I could be wrong, but I want to say it's Indiana. Uh, at any rate. Uh, this guy knew Kip Brown and knew his band and, and the, the name shock kind of stuck in my head for some reason. I'm like, I, I recognize the name of the band, but we started talking and he's like, yeah, I was a guitarist for the band shock in the, in the late seventies. Um, then I've did some of my own stuff and, and it was really cool just talking to him. He said, yeah, we played, we played with the Ramones. We played with generation X. We played with these guys. We played with those guys. And I said, wow, man, that's really cool. I said, well, I I got a podcast where we cover music from the 70s and 80s. And he's like, that is awesome. Write it down right now. I'm going to listen. And uh, I look forward to hearing it. And, and hell, I'll even be a guest on it if you want. And I was like, wow, that's cool. So right away, I went and listened to his music. And the music was familiar to me. But it it's... I mean, it sounds like 70s punk, so I'm like, I don't know if I've heard his music before, but as I was listening to it, uh, I got to really loving it. He ended up coming back, and with him came Pamela DeBar, who is famous uh, for being the world's biggest groupie. You know, she's hung out with uh, Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Page, you know, um, I mean, everybody in the rock scene. She's... She's written a lot, like, I don't know, five best-selling books on, you know, on the music scene. Currently, she teaches writing. Um, but she, I re- and I recognized her as soon as she walked in. I just remember her from the 80s uh, because she, she was even in, like, TV shows and stuff. You know, she was a very visible, a very visible personality. So, uh, and it turns out that Kip is a James Dean fan and researcher and and Pam Pamela DeBar is also a big James Dean fan and they came up both of them from Southern California to see the author that I had brought into the bookstore to sign books <laughs> so it was uh it was really cool and and yeah we talked about music a bit we traded information and uh you know said hey let's stay in touch and it was just it was just kind of a neat it was just kind of a neat thing so I don't know. I thought I thought it'd be cool if we looked into shock a little bit. Yeah. So let, let's talk about shock. I had uh, this is a band I was not familiar with. Um, uh, I'd say 
three or four days ago, you you texted me, and so I went kind of hunting. Um, so I'm going to state a series of facts, and please correct me if any of them are wrong. So this is sort of the um, <clears throat> the little that I that I've figured out that I've dug up about Shock. So they were um, an LA punk band. Um, releasing uh, stuff in 1977, starting in 1977, mm -hmm. uh, 78 and 79. Uh, they didn't release any LPs at that, that time. They just released a couple of singles. Sounds like if they were, if they were um, doing gigs with the Ramones and Gen X and all of that, that, um, <clears throat> you know, they were, they were pretty successful. Mm -hmm. um, and then in 1990, they release an actual LP. Do we know much about that LP? Was it like sort of a, a compilation of a bunch of stuff that they had released before? Or I'll be honest, your guess is as good as mine. But I... uh, talking to Kip, it sounded like they were um, they had put together a collection of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that may actually be the one that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and I, and I do think that their stuff is out there to find. I think he said that there's, you know, you can, you can find their albums out there or, or at least the compilation that they put together. So. Yeah. Nothing on Spotify. Um, I had to go to YouTube, um, and there were uh, a number of, um, singles that I tracked mm -hmm. down. I, I think the most famous one, um, oh, I'm blanking out on the title of something with generation. This generation's on vacation. This generation's on vacation. I actually uh, uh, slightly prefer the song uh, We Were the Noise. So mm -hmm. I thought we would we would feature that. This may be one of the only opportunities that we have to to uh, play anything by shock, uh, but always happy to discover new bands and, and new songs that, <laughs> uh, one of the album covers that I, uh, uh, that I came across, they are, they, uh, you know, almost to the point where, where it's like, a TV show features a punk band and uh, just like out of central casting for a, like a, a late seventies LA punk band. They've got the, the leather jackets and the yep. skinny ties and the like short unruly hair. It's <laughs> just, <laughs> just like very, very quintessential. Seventies uh, punk band. I, what I think is what I think is fun is when Kip showed me a picture on his phone of of the band back in the day, and uh, I'll be honest, he looked like he was fourteen. And I said, mm. "Oh my God, you're like the youngest one of the band." He goes, "No, man, we were all the same age. I just look young." <laughs> but but they and they look like kids. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this is we were that noise.
so yeah, that was that was shocking. And uh, again, it was just kind of a great interaction with with Kip, the guitarist, and and learning about him and the fact that like he's got this passion for James Dean movies and and you know for James Dean as the legend. And um, it was just a really cool interaction. But again, like you said, it also got to discover a new band and listen to some cool music and. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really want to stay in touch cause I think it'd be cool if we had him on the show. He's got some, some great insight and, uh, and knowledge about the music that we're playing. Well, we ain't making no promises. That's, that's <laughs> we, we right. We learned yeah. that lesson a long time ago. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we will see the band, the humans. Is this a band you're familiar with? The humans? No. Nope. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> You and the rest of the world, let me tell you. So um, I think if I remember correctly, I came across the humans in high school because a girl that I had a crush on was raving about them. And so I like went and sought them out and um, pretty obscure. I like the album. And, um, and after that, I've never talked to anyone who knew who the humans were. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it all, the conversation always goes like, and the humans, are you familiar with the humans? You mean the human league? No, not the human league, the humans, <laughs> right? That is like every conversation that, that I've had. I had to, I had, I had to stop myself from saying it by the way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until, um, maybe a year, year and a half ago, we were communicating with one of our listeners, um, Doug W., who actually brought the humans up. And uh, as he was like, oh, hey, are you going to cover the humans? I'm like, wait a minute, you know who the humans are? (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) They actually released a single in 1979. I totally missed this. Because otherwise I would have featured it in um, the last episode, the favorite songs of 1979. This is one of my very favorite first wave punk songs. Um, It's called I Live in the City by the Humans. It is, um, take, take a listen to this, Rob, and tell me if this is killer or what. That is really cool. Um, I I like, uh, first of all, I like his vocals. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's something that's just kind of matter of factly kind of, I don't know how to say it, but shrill and whiny. <laughs> well, no, he's got a higher pitched voice, you know, it's it, <laughs> true, but I mean, the energy behind it is just really great. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, there's, there's something, there's some kick behind it and, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love it. I really dig it. Yeah, it's funny because I had the their debut album, which I believe was called Happy Hour, uh, didn't feature this song. That song was not included on it. And then years later, I picked up a Best of IRS compilation. It might have been Volume 3, that this song was included in it. Loved the song but for some reason didn't make the connection between the two, I guess because so many years had gone by since I I had listened to Happy Hour. But then finally I, I made that connection. So I, I've been familiar with this song for a long time. It's always been like a early punk rock favorite of mine. Ah, uh, yeah. And just a just a, a killer song. It just doesn't get any better than this as far as I'm concerned. Good stuff. Very good stuff. So you know what band uh, keeps releasing new stuff all the time? <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's a couple of them out there, but are you talking about the Sparks? Are you talking about Sparks? The Sparks? Yeah, not the Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're Sparks for sure. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, is it Sparks? They're, they're the ones you're yes. talking about, right? No, they keep putting music out. They are, they've always been super prolific, but I am astonished at um, the quality of stuff mm-hmm. that they've been putting out recently. Of course, a couple of years ago, they had that documentary come out, and then, right. then they had that uh, musical, which I wasn't a big fan of, but the, ah. but the music was okay. Um but more recently, they released um, a three-song uh, EP, and all three songs are really, really good. Uh, these these guys are just, they are the Energizer Bunny mm-hmm. that just keeps um, chugging along. And um, so I thought we would, we should definitely check out one of the, the new songs by Sparks. This is a song called Veronica Lake. She accepts their advice Hey, now put in place Now I'll swerving on down On a pretty face She will kill a career All for the sake of a win In the war Veronica Lee Yeah, she killed a career So much at stake But we'll win in the war Now we've got a brakes For the casualty of war Veronica Lake is Veronica Lake's not Veronica Lake She's still a pretty girl Make no mistake But she isn't like before How my heart aches But then no one will mistake Veronica Lake for Lake. Yeah, the music is still cool. I mean, Sparks Sparks has it together. Um, this is not one of those bands that by that has no right to to, to keep sounding no. good. I mean, they're they're just always going to sound good, and I think we have to take that for granted. Um, <laughs> On, honestly, I think that they just keep getting better. They're getting and better, they, and that's that's what I was going to say. Is they yeah. keep getting better. I mean, this is a really tight piece, man. The uh, the I cannot I, I'm blown away by the vocals keeping time with the music. You know, it's mm. just I I don't know how they do it. it. It's almost like magic to me. You know, 
<laughs> but Veronica Lake, I think I, I spoke to you about this song before we started recording that, that I, out of the playlist tonight, this was probably my favorite song. I really like this song a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what are those guys doing? It's, <laughs> I mean, it, I, it's sorcery. I just, <laughs> yes, it, it it really kind of really kind of feels like that. I I am sorcery. Um, you know, just like all bands, they they have their ups and their downs and kind of the ebbs and flows. But right now, um, they are flowing, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so I, this I, is I, this this is absolutely something that if you like Sparks, it is worth checking out. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I kind of feel like, you know, they, they've been in the spotlight because of the documentary, because of the musical, but I want everybody to know them, you know, mm-hmm. I want, I want everyone to know them. <laughs> yeah. I want them to have their Bush moment, you know, their Bush year, um, <laughs> running up that hill or what, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that for Sparks. I think that this is probably their their best output since little Beethoven, Mm -hmm. uh, which was in the mid aughts. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of their, of their most recent stuff for sure. Cool. Very good. So Rob, the time has come. We, you, (laughs) you know that we weren't getting through this episode without having a long, serious conversation about Billy Joel. Uh, Cursed yeah. me. You cursed me. <laughs> well, hey, you opened the gates with Kiss, oh, right? Yeah, so, okay. So you you fired the first shot. I am <laughs> retaliating and escalating oh. with with Billy Joel. So oh, um you uh you you broke the holiest of holy rules by featuring <laughs> uh, a kiss song. <laughs> In the favorite songs of 79 oh, episode. Yeah. So uh, I am responding with a medley of some of my very favorite Billy Joel songs. You ready for I'm, this? I'm, I don't know that I am. <laughs> okay. Tough luck. Here we go. <laughs> never gets old except for <laughs> it totally gets old i mean it got old 10 years ago do, do you know that rick rolling is like 15 years old i, I well crazy? i will tell you one of the things i know about rick rolling is that he keeps it going like mm. he's one of the biggest perpetrators yeah uh, yeah and it's it's crazy <laughs> normally i wouldn't i wouldn't do it but the thing is that you know that the majority of our listeners went, oh, thank God he rickrolled us and not actually played a Billy Joel medley. Well, yeah, you know that that's how I felt. <laughs> I mean, that's absolutely how I felt. <laughs> yeah, although, honestly, I mean, we got we to gotta come up with our version of a rickroll, some, something that is relevant to the kind of music that we do, something that's like cheesy and kind of annoying but kind of fun Mm. so well i don't know we can think of you know something that is like uh oh oh i know okay 
Domo Arigato by Sticks. <laughs> It'll be it. It'll be our our stick roll. Stick roll. (laughs) Oh, what have we done? Okay, (laughs) you man. All right. (laughs) Okay. Silliness aside, we have to talk about Billy Joel. Wait. No. Wait. Yes. Yes. We we actually do have to. Sorry, you thought. You thought you were you were going to get out of this conversation, but I really did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I want to address sort of the false equivalency that we've kind of implied between your love for Kiss and the way that I feel about about Billy Joel. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that like I'm pretty sure that there was a ki- there's a Kiss album on your Desert Island picks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, um, <clears throat> that is, there's no Billy Joel on my, on my list. There, there never would be. I mean, I honestly, I don't think I've listened to a Billy Joel album in over 20 years. Um, <clears throat> and I think that you love, if not all, the a ma- vast majority of Kiss albums. Whereas I really only have ever liked three. And if anyone is familiar with, with Billy Joel, they can probably guess which three albums. It's the, kind of the classic three albums. The, oh, yeah. the Stranger, 42nd Street, and um, Glass Houses. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but the reason why Billy Joel came up was because it's kind of a running joke between you and I. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but when I came on as a guest to your radio show, when we were talking about the music that I was doing and the music that I did, um, you know, in my band in the 90s, mm-hmm. you, <clears throat> like, to prepare me, come up with a list of your influences and we'll, like, play songs from from that. And so when I was sitting down planning with you, I came up with my list. And you put – I had a Billy Joel song on there. And you put your foot down. <laughs> you were not going <laughs> to let me play a Billy Joel song. I Do you remember I that? I don't remember that, but that sounds so much like me. Yeah. You're like, you're like, my listeners are going to kill me if I play a Billy Joel song. Oh, but, oh, that's wonderful. But, but we, we, we were talking about my early influences. And mm-hmm. I was into Billy Joel, you know, for a pretty brief period of time when I was in middle school. And, mm-hmm. but it was at one of those, it was at that stage where I think he was the first artist that I was old enough and aware enough to like go, Oh, this is really good songwriting. You know, mm-hmm. it was the first time I was I was able to like identify a well-crafted uh songsmithing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which Billy Joel is I I stand by his his uh songwriting chops. I I think he's a master at it. Oh yeah. What's problematic about him is the stylistic choices that he makes cuz everything mm-hmm. sounds so dated. I mean, the the stranger is like so disco. <laughs> it's yeah. like white boy pop disco, which really 
it would be a much better album if if he hadn't been so susceptible to like the current trendy sounds that were happening at that moment. Now, you know, he went crying all the way to the bank, so it of totally course. worked for him. <laughs> but um, anyways, since we keep bringing up Billy Joel, I, I just I feel obligated to like make it clear what my relationship with is Billy Joel. I am not a Billy Joel fanatic like you are a Kiss fanatic. Uh, and I will admit they are a guilty pleasure. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm somewhat embarrassed to say it, but I will say it. I'll own it because I do. But mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we should definitely move on. Not gonna play a song. Not gonna play a Billy Joel song for no. us. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you. To this day, like when I'm in the the um, supermarket or whatever, and they play a Billy Joel song, I can usually sing it like word for word. I've, yeah. you know, it's what those three albums were three of the first albums that I like memorized all of the lyrics to. So, I was at one time I was a huge Billy Billy Joel fan, but then. Nylon Curtain came out. I didn't really resonate with that. And then An Innocent Man with the, like, tell her about it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was out. <laughs> yeah. Was that the album? He he did a piece with Ray Charles, I think. No, um, no, no. That was that was after. That was last. Uh, but, okay. but you know how much I dislike. Oh, I never really thought about this. That could be, like, the genesis of my dislike for artists, like going back and and doing like 50s and 60s uh-huh. style music could be from like could be trauma from experiencing an, an innocent man album yep. by billy joel <laughs> <laughs> so of course it was way before i discovered punk and new way yeah. and all of that well in other words you got better yeah yeah mm-hmm. Hey, another song recommended to us from 1979, uh, and a more obscure song by a band called The Piranhas, which I had never heard of, uh, is a song called Jilly. Why don't we listen to that, and then we'll talk about it. All right. Oh, God's blood sang for sea hair. Jilly, 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 don't care. The girls sing that all not all there. Jilly, 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 don't care. I never thought I'd see somebody who met up with me. fun but i have to say it reminds me more of the i don't know the earlier 70s late 60s style Mm, um mm -hmm. i mean it's it's fun you know it's fun but but Mm -hmm. yeah it 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 kind of it kind of surprised me It, it i don't know it almost feels a little bit out of place to me 
Yeah, I, I think this is fine. This is by far my least favorite song that we're listening to tonight. I, I don't dislike it, but, you know, I think you touched on exactly why I can't get excited about it. Because, it's mm-hmm. you know, it's sounding more, um, uh, you know, retrospective yeah. in and everything than, than I typically like my Pumpkin New Wave, but... Yeah, yeah. It's good. I I appreciate the suggestion. Never heard of the Piranhas. That's not a band you're familiar with, are you? No, not at all. Not at all. Oh yeah. I I might I might take a dip into the waters and see if maybe they they bite a little bit harder at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, brand new to me. Hey, did you know that that no human has ever died by piranha? I think I'd heard that that they got a bad rep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can't, you, I, I I think I even saw a bit of a TV show where a guy walked through waters that were just yeah. filled with piranhas, and and you know nothing happened to him. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like we should do a little bit of catch up as far as um, acknowledging all of the uh, great messages and emails that we've got. Yeah. From our listeners recently. Um, some of the the songs that we feature tonight have been suggested by them. So just real quick, a thanks to uh, Jeff H., Brent A., Doug F., and Ryan. And um, <clears throat> also Jeff F., different Jeff, um, who's, who's really excited, like you and I, about diving into... Uh, 1980 he's actually yeah. peaked, peaked ahead at january of 1980 and is um excited about the buggles album the uh debut solo album by john fox of ultravox and especially the wipers wipers like vaguely rings a bell but i couldn't name a song by the wipers is that is that something you're yeah familiar with? I, I mean i Again, like like you said, the, the the name sounds familiar, but I don't know of anything off the top of my head. It is. Mm, mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks to Jeff for um, for reaching out and touching base with us on that. So, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the next episode we release is going to be probably a two parter. It's going to be, we're going to look at a bunch of albums released in the 70s that we missed. And um, <clears throat> you stick around after the fade out, we will um, jump back in and list the bands whose albums we'll, we'll be covering. Um, so that is something to look forward to. One last point of business. So, Rob, you and I have been kind of like struggling with how do we how do we manage and acknowledge when a a revered member of of the punk and new wave scene of the seventies and eighties passes away. Oh yeah. You know, I'm not too thrilled about leaning too heavy into that because I don't want this this podcast to turn into like the the punk death watch. Yeah. Um, oh boy. Show yeah. which is it's just going to get worse and worse as everybody gets older and older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But obviously we can't I mean we can't not acknowledge 
um, when somebody iconic passes away. It is it is relevant, of course, to to the music that we talk about. So I think that that you know we've kind of settled on um, at the end of an episode, a, a bonus track episode. We will we will set aside a little bit of time to kind of pour one out. Mm-hmm. In this case, um, it is for the uh, original bass player of the Smiths, Andy Rourke, who passed away May 19th. And, um, hey, he was the bass player for the Smiths. Yeah. That was, that's, that's kind of all, I, are you, are you a huge Smiths fan? I like, I will tell you, I like the Smiths, um, in that I think the more I got to learn about Morrissey, the less I, I listened to the Smiths. Yeah. And I know yeah. that the Smiths are more than that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. but, but the truth of it is, is I, you know, where I like their sound and I like their music, I kind of separated myself from them a bit. Um, and, and I'll say the same thing. And we talked about this when Richard Temple was on the show, you know, Morrissey made some beautiful music, but he's kind of a twat. So if you were a guy um, who liked punk rock and new wave in the, in the eighties and had lots of female friends, you probably yeah. listened to at least the type of female friends that I had. You probably yeah. listened to a lot of the Smiths. I had, several very close friends who were huge fans of the of the Smiths never really thought about um the bass work uh, mm-hmm. but over the last several days as I've been going back and kind of looking at lists of of top Smith songs that that um have a, been identified as having stellar bass um obviously Andy Rourke was somebody who was um very very astute at listening to the that specific song and being uh responsive and sensitive to the needs of the song so not like a super flashy um bass player but it it always feels like the bass line is exactly right for that song and which is a compliment but sometimes it's easy to kind of overlook the bass when it fits in so well with the song mm-hmm. so uh my assessment is that he was a he was a very um generous uh musician in the sense that he would he you don't you don't feel like there's a lot of ego in his playing, which which I have a tremendous amount of yeah. um, admiration for. Anything you want to add? So we are definitely pouring one out for for Andy Rourke. Um, uh, oh, he he also uh, did a lot of work with Morrissey after the Smiths uh, broke up. Mm-hmm. So he appeared. Um, I think mostly on like the late 80s, early 90s solo stuff that he did. One of my favorite Morrissey songs is called um, November Spawned a Monster or something very, very close to that. Uh, tremendous bass work. He he did that. Um, and then he also 
contributed base to the Pretenders um, highly acclaimed album in 1992 called Learning to Crawl. Is that right? I, I, I know that's a Pretenders album, but and I think that's the one that was released in, in that, 1992. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, he he played that that was a very successful album for them yeah. um yeah, kind huge. of a, a comeback album for them um highly acclaimed and he he played a large role in that as well and uh, so we of course will go out on um an album that kind of features some of his flashiest bass playing i think at least with the smiths um pretty funky i mean I've never used the word funky and the Smiths in the same sentence before. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is, I mean, this is, it's its funky in sort of like a a white boy Duran Duran sort of way. Yeah. But yeah, still yeah. excellent bass. Um, well, I do, I do think, if I may, that it is important, of course, to again recognize Andy Rourke as far as somebody who really contributed a lot to the sound mm -hmm. of the Smiths and, yeah. and, you know, and to, to Morrissey after, but uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. So raising a glass down for sure. Yeah. Well, Rob, uh, I've covered my checklist. Anything else you want to touch base on? Oh, mm. let me, let me just say this. It has yeah. been a long time since we've gotten, a new review on Apple podcasts. So uh, if you've gotten this far on a bonus track episode, um, it is time, my friend, just bite the bullet, please go over and, and write us a one or two sentence review. Um, it is time. We've been very patient. Haven't we, Rob? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we have, but, but I mean, you love us, obviously you love us and you enjoy it or you wouldn't be here. So go, go give us a review. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No, other than, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back with more soon, I suppose. Yeah. I anticipate that next month we'll see, um, the release of at least two episodes, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, stick around for a little preview of the, um, bands that, that we'll be touching on, uh, as we go play catch up on some seventies released albums. So we're going out on a song called Barbarianism begins at home, uh, featuring, um, some, a very energetic bass work by Andy Work. Pouring one out for him. Uh, this is a, a song that was released on um, Me Is Murder by The Smiths. Well, thank you so much, Rob. It is always a joy to, to touch base with you. It's been about yeah. a month. I'm glad things are going. Actually, I'm going to my dad's ranch uh, this weekend, so maybe we'll actually hook up and like meet face to face. I look, I look forward to seeing you, buddy. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. We will, we will talk to everybody very, very soon. See ya. Unruly boys who will not grow up must be taken in mind. Unruly girls who will not settle down.
Next episode, we will be covering albums from the following bands. A's, Bruce Woolley and Camera Club, Dictators, Fabulous Boodles, Grippo Sportivo, Craftwork, Charisma, Knits, Sports, Tom Verlaine, Wayne County and the Electric Chairs, Reckless Eric, and Yellow Magic Orchestra. Oh, my God.